Hey, welcome into a special edition episode of Basketball Babble, um, the March Madness edition. So we are about halfway or so through, a little more than halfway through the tournament, currently in the Sweet 16 round. A lot of upsets going on right now, and we wanted to talk about it because, you know, college is just a funnel into the NBA. You know, we see all these guys as, you know, young guys, 17, 18-year-olds, and then they mature go to the league, and then we're like, oh, yeah, remember when they played for Duke or remember that team that went crazy that year? And so we just kind of wanted to reflect on the tournament so far, look at the players that are probably going to the next level, um, just kind of recognize them, and then kind of talk about not just the players in college, but just like some of the international guys we'll probably see at the next level um, coming up in the draft um, this year and beyond. So um, as usual, I'm your host, Trev, and I'm joined by um, my co-host. I've got El Jefe here and uh, TP, who's going by TP Springsteen today. And uh, we got a special guest today. Um, we got our guy T-Sav here. Um, T-Sav, um, tell the people a little bit about yourself. What's up, everybody? How you guys doing tonight? I am T-Sav. I am a Twitch streamer as well as a new esports team owner um based out of maryland so pretty much esports is kind of a new thing and not a lot of locations where i'm located at have uh that accessible to the location so pretty much with that being said i started something so we do apex cod 2k um as well as overwatch um growing in the community so definitely something new and then my twitch streaming i pretty much do a little bit of everything um i do cooking game video playing uh, music, recording clips, and then going over video recording and editing as well. Okay, where can um where tra- I'm on T-Sav, Where can the people um where can the people uh <laughs> where can the people find you at on Twitch and everything? Like, give out your socials and, and all that stuff. So at Twitch, you can find me um on <clears throat> T Savage. Well, whoops, I'm sorry, guys. T Sav underscore. Uh, that's two underscores. So it'd be TSAV, double underscore. Um, and then on IG, you can find me at the Trey J way, or you can find me at the uh, STG Gaming. Cool, cool. Appreciate that, man. So, you know, you're our guest because, you know, we also think like everything you're doing with streaming is awesome. So we thought you'd be the perfect fit. But, you know, you have a lot of basketball knowledge too. And I know you've got some insight onto, you know, how these players, you know, that are, you know, stars in their own right at 17, 18, um, you know, how they're going to look and and who's probably going to the next level. Like, so we kind of want to know that, like, what can you tell us about those up and coming, you know, players that are probably going to succeed at the next level um, that are in the tournament right now, um, even if their team's been eliminated. Um, yeah. We want to know a little bit about them because we're more so looking at the NBA, we're looking at stats, but like you got some inside knowledge, man. Like you gotta, you gotta share with us. Like, tell us, like, tell us some more about that. So, I mean, pretty much it's, the league is changing, it's evolving. And as we see, it's not slowing down anytime soon. There's a lot of, there's a lot of kids nowadays that are rolling through and you get a lot of one and dones, but you also have a lot of sleeper kids. You got a lot of kids under the radar who don't really get a lot of notice. Then you also have a few new leagues based out of college that kind of branch off that should have been college kids, but aren't, but to just kind of touch base. Like you got, for example, if we would say your top five coming out right now is a projected look 
out of that top five, you have technically two kids coming out of college. And it just shows you the versatility that is happening throughout the league. A few things change to the point now where there's not just college. A lot of kids are funneling out of it's a few other locations. But with that being said, you looking at the college and the way everything breaks down, the league has been on a roll this year. Like looking and seeing a lot of teams that you weren't expecting to be in certain locations. Some people would say Kansas State is in the position you weren't expecting. Michigan State is in, was in a position that you weren't expecting. But like I said, that was a good game. If you guys didn't catch that, it ended in 98-93. Um, and then also FAU versus Tennessee was a very good game. FAU has been the Cinderella story all year. And it's kind of crazy because the one thing people don't understand is with the Cinderella team, you have a lot of of underrated features in that. And what I mean by that is in their conference, within their conference, they'll play a lot of teams and a lot of good teams. A lot of these D1 teams are all in good conferences. The bad thing about it is not a lot of them get the limelight. So I apologize. It makes it hard when you're super good and you're at a low school and you can't really do too much but play the games and compete. And then you get an opportunity, for example, for the tournament. And now it's like, boom, we're in a situation where we're now being able to showcase our talent to a better extent. So with that being said, you had a lot of guys going back and looking at scores. Um, For example, do you guys want to talk about some earlier scores or did you guys want to go over today's scores? Let's um... go we we can kind of go back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's go over today's score. So looking at the bracket for today, you had who played today? Who played today? Alabama, Houston. <coughs> so looking at the breakdown. Both teams getting smoked. <clears throat> yeah, they, they got their loss. <laughs> well, I guess Brandon so, Miller got what he deserved. Did he though? Do you feel do you feel like that was the case? I mean, look, man, it is what it is. Just I just know that. I, I no, know that. I mean, just you know, elaborate on that a little bit. I just want to. I want to get. I want to fetch on. I just. I just know. I. I know that the coach. He felt he was a little bit at fault. You know, the 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 pregame, the pregame introduction after the the alleged um, crime. Well, you know, they obviously couldn't charge him any crime, even though he did trans. Uh, he did transport the weapon that was used in the killing of said woman. Uh, <clears throat> rest in peace. But you know him, him doing the little TSA check. It's a little tasteless, you know what I mean? Like, granted, uh, NBA prospect, great, great, great player on the court. I mean, after he was, you know, allegedly char- charged with alleged crime, he lit, he lit the floor up. So I can't, you know, he he, he plays under pressure. So he's gonna be a great NBA prospect. I will say that shooter's gonna shoot, right? That's what they say. I guess he wasn't the shooter, but he gets the job done. So that, but they obviously couldn't get it done today. So I will I will say that, but that if you want me to, I don't know. He might have got what he deserves. I mean, he can't be. We're not. We're not going to say that. We're not. We're, we're not. I mean, say it on the show. Put it this way: <laughs> even even in any situation, coming back. I mean, I I was going to call it adversity, but we're we'll leave it's that. Right, no, it's right. it's definitely an adverse situation, and he he yeah. proved to be a top prospect in under such adversity. So I, I do agree with you there. So, so I mean, what he went tonight? He went. Uh, he played thirty-one minutes, uh, eleven rebounds, three assists, nine points. So, 
from hey. that compared to uh let's go against one of the other is, guards is that there. nba uh, talent though is is the are those numbers nba talent for for this game specifically the way san diego state played defense on him was tremendous to the extent where he wasn't really getting a lot of opportunities in my personal opinion i only i caught bits and pieces of the game but then i was able to sit back and watch a few highlights and then i was like okay so san diego state's defense was executed well that goes along with miami but we'll get into that in a moment but for in my opinion javon quiverly played 33 minutes and have 10 points it's a little on the low side they had what three players that had over 10 mark sears 16 javon quiverly 10 and then charles uh ben Bendico, if I, I said that correctly, I hope I did. Um, but and they all played in Mark Sears, Javon Quiverly, and Charles all play. Well, Charles didn't play over thirty, but Javon and Mark played over thirty, and Brandon played over thirty. Brandon playing over thirty and only having nine points and eleven rebounds for me is a little on the low side personally. Um, but it his game as a fool will translate into the league. Um, going into the league, he's going to be somewhat similar to if we want to compare him to somebody now, uh, rookie wise in the league, I would say he's somewhat similar to uh, baby Jokic, the one that's on the heat. Um, and the only reason I say that is his fluidity through playing, but the bonus about him is he's a lengthy shooter and he can shoot it off the dribble, which for him is going to be beneficial down the long run, if that makes sense. Um, I do, I do know we said we're going to talk about today's games, but I definitely want to touch on Gonzaga in in UCLA. It's not too far off because the game ended what last night at like yeah last night thirty. And I I had (laughs) well this morning money on Gonzaga too. I had had a little bit of money on Gonzaga too. So what a what a crazy outcome. I mean, I just run at the end. I just I just knew UCLA was going to get revenge. I just knew they were. They were up at the. I was like, okay, all right, I see you guys. And like, I look at the score. I'm like. Bro, what happened, man? 10-1 run, man. UCLA does the same thing every time. They don't execute well on a three-point. And there's certain situations where it's like you you take that risk. Granted, most players are not pulling from the S. Like, (laughs) most players are not pulling from the S like Julian. And for Julian to pull that, that is a confidence move. That is 100% green light go not worried about what happens in the outcome. And you got to understand when you have a big like Timmy in there still down there. And I will only call Timmy a big in college. If Timmy goes to the league, I would say like a, a, uh, what a rotate a small four. You can't just, Uh, his weight gives him girth, but you really can't classify him as anything. That's why I was trying to find the word, but I couldn't really give it to you. Like he's I mean, like a we, he's like a Tyler Hansborough. He's like a Tyler Hansborough that's not gonna get past G. I don't think he'll I don't think his his game will translate in the league like some of the players that he plays with on his team. And or for example, like a Taylor Hendricks. Taylor Hendricks played for UCF, freshman this year, was very underrated going in. Now he's looking at a lotto pick. So for me, watching him play and going against Timmy. What would I want on my team? That's kind of somebody I would want on my team. Granted, they UCF kind of went, they did did well, somewhat of a, a slight, slight conference, but kind of made to the NIT, gave themselves a name, had a well-fought, finished out. But Taylor Hendricks looked good through and through. 
But getting back onto topic, Miami and Miami and the uh, woof. Houston. Oh my gosh, Houston. Happy ah, time. ah, like the one thing I will say is, and I mentioned this earlier. I told somebody said somebody said which one? Who do you have, Houston or Miami? And I said, if Houston executes correctly, through and through, they'll be fine. They'll win this game by the amount that. <laughs> Miami won the game, mm-hmm. and that's because Miami did what Houston, what Houston can do, and they executed. Miami hasn't really, and I'll say the one thing about Miami, they don't have as much talent as Houston does. In my personal opinion, Houston has a starting, Houston has two starting fives. That's their starting five, and then their bench five. Easy. That coach can that coach normally rotates about eleven for the most part, on a consistent. I think he slowed down during the tourney, but. Houston, Houston was in the Atlantic Conference. Um, I mean, the American Conference, and I paid a little bit more attention to the American Conference. Um, so, seeing them play on the consistent and knowing his rotation, he normally had a twelve man. In most coaches, that's a little steep. Most coaches normally go about in college go about an eight. So, it just depends on how you look at it. Like, would I say any of these guys made a pull to go to the draft or get looked at? Jamal Shed or Sheed. Probably is the only one I would say from Houston is is increase his stock over the years. He he could have went last year. He would have went to G League maybe, but this year I think he does have at least went from the G League to at least a second round, get an opportunity to play in the summer league and do well and possibly get a two way. Um, so it just it just depends on how everything breaks down within the leagues, um, and then. Once again, breaking down the – see, I would say we break down the Princeton and uh, Creighton game, but it's still kind of going. So, I mean, it's uh, 21-14 at halftime, uh, just about under 12 minutes left in the first half. Creighton is up right now. So I was going to ask Princeton's you about that game, Princeton. actually. do How you feel about Princeton? Do you think they can even get to the next level? Do you think they can keep, keep going? And, and see, this is my thing. Just because we're an Ivy League school doesn't mean we can't hoop. Hoopers hoop doesn't matter where you are just because you're you, super. Just because no, you're smart. No reason for Ivy League. I feel you. I feel you on all that, bro. I feel you one thousand percent. But there's no reason for an Ivy League to have made it this far. Some of these teams that have played just don't have See? the heart they need. But that's, but that, <laughs> right, look, I'm not a good that's man. That's biased. That's biased. Bias, bro. These are, a lot on, of, these are this is what I'm saying. There's a lot power of schools, five that schools have, bro, losing to Princeton, and I'm not even a gambler. I just There's know basketball, like, and, I, and I get it because, like, you know, like somebody you, we both know basketball. You play basketball. So it's like if you're fundamentally sound at the college level, you can beat almost anybody as long as you're fundamentally sound. But that's like to, to the point you're talking about with Houston. When I'm looking at Houston's schedule this year, they played, they lost to Bama, but they beat, um, they beat Virginia in the regular season. They beat Memphis. But Houston didn't really play anybody, so it was only a matter of time. Then when they got the tournament, they didn't really play anybody until they ran into Miami, a power, a power, one of the schools from power conference, lose and they get smoked. You know what I'm saying? Not say that some of these larger, not somebody saying that small schools can't beat them because, you know, you have basketball schools like Gonzaga, you know, not really good at anything but basketball for real, for real. Um, you have Xavier, which is solid basketball, but you know, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm not sold on Princeton making it. Bruh, you gotta think. Listen, it's this is, and this is why I say, like, it kind of like 
a lot of people look at it like, yo, Princeton, there should, there's no way. And I, I love your, I love that thought process, but you also have to think out of it. You have to think of it from the aspect of what the school can offer and what the school has to bring. Like I said, just because it's a school that's known for education doesn't mean they can't get educated athletes. No, what there's, and, and the bad thing is, it goes with the school. So looking at the looking over the Princeton schedule, they're in the Ivy League. They don't play. They don't have telly games. And for viewers if or listeners, if you don't understand what telly games, that means a televised game. So I apologize for not saying that at first. But pretty much they played. They played Brown. They played Dartmouth. They played Yale. They played Columbia. They played Brown. They Harvard, Penn. Like they didn't. And, the first and they game won that most they, of their games. They won majority of all of their yeah, games. They pretty much won every game. They beat UMBC 94 to 64, and that was at UMBC. That was actually a good game. Um, that was a good well, They won by 30 points. It was a good game. <laughs> <laughs> it was, listen, listen, it was it's a good game. By yikes. Yeah, thank you. Like, that's what I was like. I, we're talking about Princeton, so I said it was a good game for them. Only reason I said it was UMBC because. UMBC is a is a funny school that's in the Ivy League, which to me doesn't make sense. But um, so you got to realize they're first, and these are teams. You got to also give them credit. These are teams that get no camera. These are teams that don't really have a big fan base outside of their homes. Like these are teams that don't see cameras, like Arizona sees twice a week, Missouri sees twice a week, Creighton sees. How many games did Creighton have? On Saturdays, primetime commercial. You got to think about that. So do you think you think some of these teams, they see a team that, oh, you don't get a lot of exposure. Who are you guys? Like, you're an Ivy and, League. And do you think they overlook them? Like, just completely overlook absolutely. them? Or do you, yeah, okay. Absolutely. As, as a player, as a player, yeah, you go in the games overlooking cats because you know what you got on your team. Yeah, okay. and, and nine times out of ten, most teams that are better than teams that you play against, you're going to overlook youngest because you know your worth. And you know, mm-hmm. me and my head is right here. We don't even know y'all. We even heard of y'all. We've right, never right. heard of you guys before. So it's like, to an extent, we've seen tape. We've seen tape of you guys. We watch film. But it's like, we're confident in ourselves. Yeah. And it's, what happens is, and the, and the funny thing is, certain coaches will give you aspects where they'll go over things and then you'll watch things and for example, certain coaches will run certain presses against certain teams. And when they're scouting those situations, they'll tweak that press. So okay. for example, they may have in a two, two, one press or a one, two, two press, they may have the one guard up there, the two, three at half, and then the four five back in certain situations, a coach going again, realizing the mismatch in the point guard may switch and put the three, the lanky three in the top and then move the two back or move the two all the way back and put the four there for length in the midsection. So that way it gives them length to stretch the floor in that zone specifically. And that way that for the players is something they weren't expecting. They're not expecting Mm. the length. They're not expecting that switch of position because that's not necessarily on film. Coaches coach film necessarily. They coach the switch in certain situations, but nine times out of 10, when you're coaching film as a player, you're watching film. You're not thinking about, the switch. You're not encountering the different angles that you're now going to have to encounter when you have a longer cat there for that trap on that corner. And then that other guy sliding over and you think you're going to make that pass, but he's too lanky or too quick. It just depends on how it's going to flow. So in my opinion, I think Princeton is well where they're supposed to be. Um, If you're a school that dropped the ball, you dropped the ball. But 
In my right. personal opinion, 59 to 55 against Arizona was a well-fought game. They earned that game. 78 to 63. Missouri lost. There's there's no them boys ain't got no them boys ain't got no heart. He said them boys ain't got no heart. Boys ain't got no heart. The NIL check was say that. You can't like heart. Heart is one thing. Heart is one thing. But then again, when you know, when you believe that you've been, when you're in a situation where there, think about it this way: as a kid, when you go to a school, sometimes you'll go to that school just because that school is gonna touch Tony every time. You're gonna cook conference, and you're gonna get to conference based off of. You're going to get to the tourney based off of your conference performance. That's mm-hmm. nine times out of ten how majority of these teams got the conference. You got to remember, Princeton won in. They won into conference based off their conference. So Missouri was already in before even having to win conference, realistically speaking. So these are teams that consistently make conference. So, of course, the heart doesn't change. It stays the same all year. No intensity changes. It stays the same because they're used to winning. When a right. team like Princeton doesn't make the tournament and then makes the tournament, that's where the heart kicks in. It's a whole different ball game, whole different change of pace because now you're playing against teams and now you're playing against seeing things that you weren't used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're not going to see these type of cats in Ivy League on the consistent. Every night that y'all have played, y'all have seen cats and y'all been going against 6'5 guards, guards that are bigger than, and stronger than what you're normally used to seeing than a lot of book readers that you play against. So, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, think, yeah, to your point, there's definitely something that they're not used to saying. So I do agree with you there. And I mean, Princeton probably Princeton showed more heart than the other boys, but it's it's just baffling to me. Honesty, I mean, like, but you got to think about it. It's not bad. Looking at you, got to look at their schedule. You got to look at the bracket. The way the bracket broke down for Princeton, like. Arizona was crazy. That defensive, that game specifically had me in complete shambles because I didn't understand how we got to that point. Um, There should have been no reason, no reason that they got deep and down in that game. Or I won't even say down. Them going down in general was just the killer in itself. Because what? They had Omar Balo had 13. um, Azuzio's... Teleboos, the forward, had 22, played 37 minutes, played damn near the whole game. He had, he was the only person over 20 points. And him, himself, maybe second rounder. Maybe. You know? So it just, it just depends on, it just depends. And I feel like they were also missing somebody, but I don't remember 100% um, off the top. And then just so you guys do know, Princeton is currently losing right now. Which I 100% knew was going to happen. Oh, or a correction. They're, they're down by one now, but they were just getting cooked. There you go. There's that um, heart. That what, if, what, if, what if they come back and win? I mean, I don't think they will, but what if they come back and win? See, the difference is if Creighton gets into foul trouble, and I'll, I hope I'm saying that right, um, if they get into foul trouble, they're going to have a problem because Princeton's going to press and their press. This season so far has been probably one of the better ones. Um, they also run a good zone too. Um, okay. But it just depends on how you look. So, and then going back, what games do we have left still for tomorrow? Um, looking at tomorrow, you have UConn and Gonzaga. Who do you guys, who you guys have in that going tomorrow? I think, I think we see a lot of points for sure. Um, I had UConn winning their last matchup, 
Okay. But I didn't think that they would uh get past this round, to be honest. So that was my initial look from a few weeks ago or whatever, like a week or two ago. Um, but now they're playing Gonzaga. I figured they'd be playing UCLA at this point, to be honest. But uh, with Gonzaga struggling, I don't see them coming out of this game. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't see them being UCLA. They almost, like, yeah, <laughs> they almost lost last time. Yeah, I mean, they almost, you know, they almost lost uh, last time. I don't, I don't see them getting out of this one. The worst thing about that is I want to agree, but Timmy's a problem in the postseason, bro. Arizona, I don't think, can fully bang with Timmy in the paint. My personal Going back and looking at it, Jordan Hawkins, that's a guard, 24-3-2. The most, Alex Kerban had 11 points, 7 rebounds, and 1 assist. Then Adam Sagone had 18 points and then 8 rebounds. Then Andrew Jackson had 8 rebounds, so... On the rebound side, I will say they played a smaller Arkansas, um, and I thought Arkansas was going to win that game based off of just getting down the floor, but they just couldn't hit shots. They just just was really looked looked really bad, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is kind of falling apart." And and like, and if you look back, Timmy had Timmy had what thirty six and thirteen last and this <laughs> last night, and then Julian had sixteen and ten, so. <laughs> Rebounds alone, what? That's 23 between two people. And then even adding Anton Watson in there, that's 30. He had nine. So you're looking at 32 rebounds between three people. And then including the bench, you probably got like 50 or 60, but not to go deep into it. So, um, but once again, touching base, I think Creighton will probably pull out this game. Pro Princeton winning this game would be OC, um, really OC. Um, Kansas State and FAU, I definitely feel like Kansas State will win that game. No disrespect to FA, FAU, but just the way that guard plays, what is his name? Oh, my gosh. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Paul. Oh. Does anybody remember that guard's name? Am I, am I, oh, my gosh. Is the kid that uh, dropped 17 assists? Yes. Uh, what is his name? Uh, give me a second. I got it. I just couldn't remember his name right off rip. Oh, my gosh. Or maybe I don't have it. Thought I had it. Sorry, Norwell. I'm not. I'm not no, not, uh, Mark, Marquise Noel. Yep. I'm not tapped into the. Uh, yeah, and then and then a lot of people got to remember, this is kind of like a, a Cinderella story for Kansas State to an extent, because a lot of people forget about Keontae Johnson, who was at Florida who uh, had the heart situation yeah, or collapsed on the court. And then um, a lot of people still feel some type of way that apparently he like did all his therapy through Florida and then Florida and then kicked and then just left. I mean, it is what it is. You can't be mad at the kid. I mean, yeah. You got to take care of the end of the day. But bro, for bro, to, for bro to have a situation like that and then play 45 minutes that game is crazy. Yeah, that is. He played 45 minutes. Noel had played 43 minutes. Noel went Noel had 20 points and 19 assists. It wasn't even 17, it was 19. And then <clears throat> Deontay had 22 and 6. So in my opinion, at this point, I do see them getting to the four. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna dust FAU. No disrespect, but that's just gonna be it's gonna be quick for them. Yeah. Um Xavier in Texas tomorrow. How you feel about Xavier? 
Man, they they play really solid basketball there. Oh, that's I'm a, tripping. A, that's tonight at nine fifty. No, no, you're good. But I mean, Xavier plays really solid basketball. Um, I do like Texas though. I like the way the coach, um, what's his name, Rodney. I forgot his last name. That might be his last name, but I think yeah. he has playing really good basketball. I think this is a, a, a reclaim, repositioning for Texas to come out here and get what needs to be done, at least to make it to the Elite Eight. And then Texas versus Miami. I think Texas gets that, or they get that dub, then they go to the Final Four. So I like Ooh, Texas. Really? I mean, yeah, I think, I think that, yeah, if I were to start my bracket like today, like based on what's already happened. Um, I, I think Texas makes the, the yeah, because I mean, I, I had I had UCLA, I had UCLA versus Texas in the um elite eight on my bracket, but definitely UCLA. didn't, definitely had Gonzaga. I mean, I don't, I don't really like Gonzaga, I never really like Gonzaga. It's not it's even like, about like, it's not even about not like. for sure. I, I understand that. Kimmy I just, is I a really... problem in that, in the, in the what is his name, Vasquez for, for UCLA can't guard Timmy, can't. Can't guard him, bro, and it's crazy. It's like, bro, he gonna do the same thing on you every time, and you get in foul trouble normally right before the twelve minute mark. Every time you pick up two, then you sit the rest of the half normally. I didn't even watch. I didn't even watch the first half because I didn't want to see it, and I was gonna be upset about it. Nah, for sure. I just, I, I, and I also forgot that UCLA lost one of their one of their star players early in the season. But I had, um, I had UCLA versus Texas in the Elite Eight, but. I mean, it's, so, it's always something about Gonzaga. I just feel like they're going to fold at some point, and Gonzaga usually does fold at some point, and I thought that they were going to fold. But they haven't yet. But who's to say they won't coming forward or going forward? It, it's coming. It's 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 loading. That that fold for Gonzaga is going to is, – is loading, and it's happening real soon. Nah, Probably. they're going to they're gonna get to the four. They're going to get to the four, and they're going to lose. All right. Uh, we'll see about that. But, you know, before we do end up getting out of here – um. I got a I got a question for you, uh, T Sav man. Talk to I me. I know we're, we're talking college, and um, and and earlier in the show, you said something about a bloodline and and stuff, and I know your bloodline runs deep in the college game, um, real deep. I'm talking about some stars that are in there right now, close to home. How how they doing? You want to give us some updates on them? So I'm I got a few I got a few college guys that I know. Um, there uh one's a sophomore um at UCF um kind of touched on him uh featuring Taylor Hendricks he's doing well um and then number what is what number is he? he's number three um and then as well as I'm trying to think who else and then I have another one at Southern Illinois who uh is also doing very well he's a senior there this year um and then, like I said, this is first year there. Very good school, low-class school. Um, went fairly well in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, Southern Illinois Salukis is their uh, name. They're doing very well. Um, and then we'll probably have two or three cats going to the draft this year. Um, hopefully Justin Moore. Hopefully Hunter Dickerson. Um, and then hopefully Miles Dredd as well. But then there's a few more that are still on the cusp. They may enter the portal. Um, but not 100% sure. You got a you got a very extensive bloodline. Yeah, one. Yeah, it's a little it's a little deep. We know bloodline a few coaches is. Deep. 
We know a few coaches as well. There's a few guys currently, a few guys currently in the league, and a few guys currently overseas. A uh, couple guys in Turkey right now. Nick Barnyard and uh, Aubrey Dawkins are in Turkey. Um, and then I got a few people in Spain. Ronnie Galasco's in Spain. Uh, who else is in Spain? Is Jared in Spain? I don't think Jared's in Spain yet. Nah, yeah, I think yeah, just Rodney in Spain. Then you got then you got Darius, then you got Darius Johnson at UCF, and then you got Xavier Johnson in uh, Southern Illinois as well. Um, who else am I missing? Xavier was at George Mason, right? Yeah, Xavier Johnson was at George Mason. He was there for uh, three years, uh, and then he transferred out. Uh, resume was not as long as it could have been, but then he ended up getting out pretty good at the Southern Illinois. One defensive player of the year this year, uh, all defensive team correction um and did very well um so it's hoping to be a good season next year i believe he has one more year left um i think he has one more year left um and then you have uh darius johnson has two years left and then hunter dickerson has two uh two years left if he does a fifth year i wouldn't be surprised if actually hunter stays i will retract that hunter dickerson's from michigan i wouldn't be surprised if he stays and I believe Justin Moore is going. Hopefully, Brandon Slater goes into the draft this year as well. He's from Villanova. Um, Bloodline runs deep. Oh, and then honorable mention, uh, Haru played for FDU that took down Purdue. Uh, number three, that guy right there is a problem. He is going to be something that you guys will see very soon. I don't want to give too much away, but there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent that came out of this draft that's got a lot of recognition that will be able to hit the portal and and possibly make themselves a better situation. And as much as some people hate the portal, and I didn't want to get too off topic, but as much as some people hate the portal, portal's a beautiful thing for kids to be able to flourish and find a way to make it on their own versus following a name, if that makes sense. For sure. Because it's like a lot of kids will chase the name of a school until they get there and then realize, wait, do I really want to be here? Do I really uh, want to sit? Do I really want, how long do I want to sit? Uh, now I got to register. I got to sit again. Like it, sometimes it doesn't hound on a kid early and then sometimes it does hound on a kid. So it just depends. Like I said, this year, with all the good with all the good play in the tournament, or you can call it flute play, <laughs> um, some of us, but it's gonna stories. open up doors for some kids, in my opinion. Draft's gonna look pretty bright. Um, did you guys want me to touch on the top ten drafts? Did you, did we want to touch on that before you guys roll out? Or yeah, let's uh yeah, let's go through the top ten. Yeah, let's do that. So if we go through the top ten real quick. And the funny thing is, it's like kind of blows because it's like not a lot of them. All right. So first you have, if everything stays currently the same, no trades in stock, Houston Rockets would have Victor Nwemba. Victor Nwemba is, plays on, uh, Metro, Metro, what is it? Metropolis or Metro something on uh, 92. It's a French team, international team. Uh, seven four, well, technically seven two listed. A lot of places level have him at seven four. Pretty much to be said, you're foreign, Katie, or however you want to call it. We'll leave that. We'll, we'll leave that for the spectators. Second, Detroit Pistons are supposed to pick. It is speculated that if they continue continue, well, continue to lose, they will get the first round pick. 
Nine times out of ten, Victor's not going to move from that first round pick. He's going to stay. Yeah. Second pick they have, uh, they have Scoot recommended as your second pick. Then coming in as your third pick, they have the um, one of the uh, Thompson twins, Amon Thompson, and he's from Overtime Elite. Then coming in at four, we touched on him earlier. Uh, Brandon Miller is listed to be at four, which is not a bad location for him. In my opinion, it may be a little early, but it just depends on which team has that. They have it slated to the Hornets. In my opinion, he doesn't need to go there. He needs to go to a system where he can actually work. That system's a little crowded. Right. Um, but we can get into that at a later point. But five, they have uh, Azor Thompson, which is the twin brother to Amen Thompson. Um, yeah. They both are shooting guards and small forwards. I apologize for not mentioning positions for those two, at least. Um, everybody else is kind of on the wire. And then Indiana's looking to grab uh, Yaser Walken, Walker, um, and he's a freshman from Houston. So he's one of the other guys. He's a big – a lot of guys that are going out this year are going to be bigs or bigger guards. So a lot of a lot of what the NBA is looking for nowadays is going to be guards of strength or stature. And that's either going to go for height or guys with girth to an extent. You just see the league changing in how they want to run it. They want to be able to have two guards run one guards or three guards run two guards. So it extends the floor and has guys that can run more two way than what we're used to seeing, which is normal, regular ball, in my personal opinion, is what you would call it. Okay. So and then. At seven, you have you have Nick Nick Smith Jr. Um, that is a freshman from Arkansas, and a lot of picks actually surprisingly are coming from Arkansas in the top ten. You'd be surprised. Right after that, you have pick eight, which would be Anthony Black, which is another freshman from Arkansas, six seven. They also have him at listed at one ninety eight. Think he's just about like around two oh five, but he's another guard. As you can tell, the trend for these guards is on the taller side. None of them have been, and nothing I've listed has been under six five at all, which is insane to think about. Like that's just the style of play, um, and it's crazy to me because they'll do they'll do smaller, they'll do bigger guards, but when it comes down to the fours and the fives, now they've started to sim that down. It's like your average mm. five. It's like your average five now minus your premier fives. Jokic and Embiid, your seven footers. Minus that, your average five seems to range around six ten, just about. Yeah, maybe because six to 11. me, because to me, Bam shouldn't be a five. He should be a four. But exactly, Bam should be yeah. a four for Bam sure. Bam should be a yeah. four. And, and I'm a Miami Easy. true and true. Bam shouldn't be a center. He he should be a power forward. Absolutely. And then coming in at nine, you have uh, Cameron Whitmore, a freshman from Villanova. Now, I did touch on two guards from Villanova that I personally would pick over Cam, but as a little bias in me. But my personal opinion is, once again, 6'6", 200 pounds, small forward. The trend is just, it makes the sense. Then after that, coming in as your last one, number 10, huh, the only one that kind of is lower, you have Kaysen Wallace, who is a 6'4", 193 uh, point guard, shooting guard. Now, I will say, if that gets switched in the draft, they have him slated to Orlando, that gets switched in the draft, they're going to take Grady. Grady Dick is going to go over him, which is another big, um, over Kaysen Wallace because Grady Big is a small – Grady Big's like Larry Markin and just three feet shorter. He's 6'8", 
and he can he can pull like Larry. He was uh, the small forward on Kansas. Um, okay. And as you saw in that last game, you didn't see a lot, but. Just, they're, they're <laughs> but throughout saw, the season, as you saw, you didn't see a lot. <laughs> I like right. that one. Right. But but as, to be honest with you, he's one of the better three point shooters that was in the NCAA this year. Um, I want to say he shot well over fifty percent, if I'm correct, maybe fifty five, um, something sim- something higher than that. But good offense efficiency. He can jump. He can he can actually grab rebounds. He boxes out. So, in my personal opinion, if I were to switch one, or I feel like what would get switched, I feel like Grady would Grady Dick would be 10, and then Kaysen Wallace would be uh 11, just as as an honesty tip, if that makes sense. Just because, like I said, they have him going to Orlando. Orlando has too many guards, so Kaysen Wallace going to Orlando makes no sense, and they have like three guards also on their G League team. So, my opinion, it doesn't make any sense at all. So they would definitely go after another big because they're probably going to let go of Bull Bull this year right after this season. No, they're talking about trading RJ Hampton for another pick or two. Um, so that's just the Orlando stuff that I know. So I do know a little bit about Orlando. All right. Well, well, T-Sav, we, we greatly appreciate all the inside information and everything you've blessed us with. Um, and we'll definitely look forward to having you back on. Um, until appreciate then, you. though. Until then, man, um, I really appreciate you stopping by and coming through and, and blessing the gang with all this uh, knowledge. But I appreciate El Jefe you guys. is out of here, um, and I'll see you all next time. I just want to uh, wish, wish you and your immaculate bloodline um, <laughs> nothing but blessing and success. Um, hopefully I can gather some of them and they can come along with the TP. Springsteen, Springsteen, and the E Street Band. We're gonna be our own band. We're gonna come up, and we're just gonna go from court to court and beat on everybody else, kind of like what Ball is Life does. But in the meantime, oh, TP's out here. Thanks for thanks for coming out here, T Staff. We appreciate you. Appreciate you for I'm having me. Yeah, everyone. Um, yeah, T Staff. I mean, it's been a pleasure, man. Good to meet you. Um, excellent knowledge. Um, delivered very well. And if I don't say so myself, um. Yeah, I mean, that was a really good recap of March Madness, um, you know, the past and what's to come and everything in between. So hopefully for the listeners, um, you've got some insight on, you know, kind of what to expect, especially that list at the end, the top 10 list of, um, you know, who will likely go top 10 in the upcoming NBA draft. Um, but one more time, T-Sat, tell the people where they can find you at. So you guys can find me on YouTube under It's T-Sav. Um, But the first thing you guys should do is follow me on Twitch. I'm doing it. Challenge currently on Twitch. Once I get to 200 followers, I'll drop my first two videos on uh, my YouTube channel. So the Twitch again is TSAV two underscores. Um, the YouTube channel is it's TSAV, and then the IG is SGT Gaming. Um, that's where you can find me at. All right, cool. We appreciate it, TSAV. Thank you for joining us. Um, once again, this is your um your host, your co-host Trev. Um, check us out. Um, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us five stars. Let us know what you think. Check us out on our IG pages, um, Babble Podcast Network, and um, this show's page, Basketball Babble. But um, this has been a special edition of Basketball Babble uh, covering March Madness um, with our guest, T-Sav. Um, so we'll be back again uh, next week for the regularly scheduled program. Until then, enjoy, enjoy the NBA. Enjoy um, the March Madness tourney. A lot of upsets happening. So 
who knows who's going to win it all. But um, until then, this basketball babble out. <laughs>